0: I've got a feeling that this is going to be a rather different episode of Folk on Foot. We're in the area of Southall in West London, not far from Heathrow Airport, which is sometimes known as Little India or Little Punjab, because a lot of families from South Asia came and settled here in the 1950s and 60s, and it still has a very strong flavour of that community. And we're here to meet our very first drummer, And it's not any old drummer, this is Johnny Kelsey, famous for his collaboration with Transglobal Underground, with the Imagined Village, with the Afro-Celt sound system and with his own doll drumming foundation. And Johnny's gonna take us for a tour of this area, dropping in on a couple of music shops and a restaurant and telling us why this area makes such an impact on him and his music. Johnny I'm Matthew How are you, Matthew? really nice to meet Good you to thanks you. for coming this hey, is Natalie.
1: Natalie where are you gonna take us today oh I'm gonna take you to two music shops and then we're gonna eat what are we gonna eat we're eating some stuff that you've never tried in your life <laughs> an explosion of flavors
0: let's just put it oh, that fantastic. way fantastic oh that's explosion brilliant well let's set off yeah let's do it let's go
1: So here we are, we're in the heart of Southall and this is uh, Singh Sabha Gurdwara, which is like a Sikh temple. Uh, one of about four or five Sikh temples in Southall. And um, basically what we're going to pay our respects to our holy book. What, what do we have to do when we go in there? Um, basically the two main things you do is cover your head and take your shoes off and then wash your hands. That's all you have to do. And, will and they... not be intoxicated.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I'm not intoxicated. Will they give me a head covering to wear? They will indeed, yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's go in. Come in,
1: come in, we take our shoes off over there. So this is, a, this is a very important place where your feet and your shoes are all together. So basically, it don't matter how much money you've got, it don't matter what walk of life, in here, everyone's equal. Right. Because your shoes go in the same place.
0: Exactly. And then,
1: and then We wash our hands after touching our feet. So basically, um, when we go into the hall, um, at that end is our holy book and it's on display. So our holy book is like a living entity. Uh So he's... Our last guru that died in the 1700s, he basically said, after me there won't be any more gurus, but this is the scripture of all of our 10 gurus. They were, they were prophets and basically the scriptures, they were placed in one book. And it's the Guru Granthav, so it's a living entity for us. So we treat it like a living entity. So we walk to the front, we bow, and then um, we put our head on the floor to basically signify we are lower than than the almighty deity yeah. yeah. we don't have a we don't have a name for god our god is uh, the universe
0: right it's right. within every living thing which is why you know it's all about humanity mm-hmm. Okay. I have always associated. Sikhs with the turban with the with the beards and so on but do, do you have to have a turban and a beard to enter the building
1: yeah. no um certainly when my parents came over in the 60s a lot of Sikhs they started cutting their their hair um and shaving their beards off because they couldn't get jobs you know particularly a lot of people that got jobs in London transport they didn't want uh, people with turbans and beards because they people felt intimidated getting on a bus with the driver so a lot of people cut their hair and shaved their beards and they kind of ended up saying like that but
0: you know all this still important to you as, as part of the religion
1: yeah I mean it became my identity when I was a uh, when I was younger I had the choice to either you know cut my hair or or keep it but I was already playing my drum and I, I felt it kind of went hand in hand but That was me being a teenager, not thinking about religion and more thinking
0: about the image of what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you like the image of the turban and the beard? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And it's become my identity. And you are a bit of a natty dresser, I have to say, yeah, Johnny. I'm, I'm You've a got bit snazzy, you're all in yeah, black like. today with oh, yeah. with uh, with lacing up the front of your shirt <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and some bangles next to it. It's normally the
1: women that notice that, but yeah <laughs> Yeah.
0: But
1: I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah
0: it looks very smart. Awesome. I'd say. Thanks. L- listen, let's head off from, to, to yeah, the music let's shop. Do it. Yeah, let's and see do if it. we can find a drum.
1: We're going we're going left, so and over the bridge. Now,
0: the first thing that strikes you in here is there are one or two drums.
1: This is like, it should have been called the House of Drums, isn't it, really? But they do all sorts of instruments here, so from little... Little drone um, harmoniums like
0: that, which are quite incredible instruments. They just like so. And we've had a just, few of those on on folk on foot before. Yeah. You go, um, and, uh, so you can just you can pump the air with your air, your hand and harmoniums. then and then play the keyboard. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, but then there's rack after rack of, uh, of, of, of drums. Doll drums, yeah, and tablers, yeah. Um, and it's. And what is a doll
1: drum? Just give us the definition of a doll drum. So a doll drum is basically a large wooden shell and traditionally it would have been covered on either side, like a hollowed-out barrel, um, either side with goatskin. And one side would be treated and basically paper thin and then stretched over really tight. And then the shape of the instrument used to be rounded like this to basically maintain the tension in the ropes. So you see this, you see how it's strung. Yeah, the, rope, the ropes run so along, tight, along the sides. You can't even like lift it off. The drum because the shape of the drum is keeping the tension, and so because of that, um, it would have a contrasting sound, a high end on one side and a low end on the other side, all in one drum.
0: Didn't they let us borrow one? Yeah, yeah.
1: We, Shall we try and get one? Yeah, yeah. What's now? Oh, Are you all right? <laughs> Um, Okay, all right. Thank you very much. Um, Bina Musicals, we've been here for over 45 years and it's a family business. Grandfather started it in Delhi over 80 years ago. So we're the third generation and my mum was called Bina. So when she was born, my grandfather changed the name of the family business to Bina. So we're known for our harmoniums worldwide. That's what we started from. And uh, I know that Johnny used to come when he was much younger and I was much younger as well. And he used to spend time here with my dad and... um, He's one of our favourites. We've <laughs>
0: got Johnny's poster up. We <laughs> have, oh,
1: uh, we have. Go yeah. for it, do whatever you need to do. Do you, you to we
0: do. play some instruments?
1: I don't mind at all. Yeah. <laughs> I must be honest with you, Johnny, I'm not sure what's in tune, what's not. That's we, all right, you I'll, go can, for I'll, it, I'll yeah. tune Do you, up, you want don't me, don't me to get in the stepladder if you want to get from the top? Or yeah, yeah so it, right? I'll get the stepladder. Thanks, yeah.
0: because Tony. The, because the drums are just going up to the ceiling here. There's a rack and rack and rack and rack. You should see when they've got a delivery. The whole floor's covered, yeah. All right, thank you
1: so they're all sort of like nowadays right obviously because like i said traditionally they would have goat skin on both sides right um the thing with that is bringing these drums over to sunny england the goat hide absorbs the moisture in the air and it affects the tuning and the tension when you've got a skin that's like you know 13 14 inches um so it doesn't
0: hold the tension. So have the goat skins been replaced by artificial materials on some yes, of them? Yes, indeed they
1: have, yes. Yeah. So basically most of these now have got hooks and they are synthetic um, plastic skins on them now, which and makes you... them maintenance-free,
0: really. They don't absorb the moisture so much. So you don't mind that? You um, don't mind, mind the, the change from the goat skin? Do you know what, when you're doing like eight gigs a week, do it, doing
1: it with a goat hide won't work, <laughs> it <laughs> won't work. Wear out. And then the other problem is, if it rips, one of these you can change in about 20 minutes. One of those ones you have to unstring the whole thing and it takes about two hours, Right. by which time your gig will be finished. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe three times in my career I've been on stage and I've had to swap swap a skin over or swap a drum over. This is a tabla. like a normal drum, I mean, just to get that one sound out, probably when I was a kid, took me a good part of four weeks, every day practicing, just to, so it would ring like that. Have a go. Okay, so, so, basically, you're putting your pinky and the next finger um, on the edge of the drum, just resting it gently, middle finger stays in the air, and with this part of your, of your, Index finger where the line is, the top line has to meet that line there. So, and you okay. let it bounce off. Very relaxed motion. Try it. Right there. There? there. there. See, you're biting your lip now, so I can <laughs> Concentrating. see.
0: Concentrating. <laughs> okay. So, well, for so the, the sound that we're on. Well, I'm not getting such a good sound as is you. Is that because I'm not hitting it hard enough? The attack.
1: Or? Or? And the decay. So right. the attack is the point of contact from your finger hitting the skin. The
0: decay is the sound afterwards. So why am I not getting that? Let's try that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why am I not getting that? Okay, so the reason you're not getting it is because you're actually pressing down rather than bouncing off. Oh, so right. So relax okay. your finger. So it's got to be a hit.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm not musical. So we could be here a while. <laughs> so,
1: so there's two sounds, and the other sound that's on the edge. That's called, that's known as na or da, and that's a thin, thin. You can hear the difference yes. in the tone, and then you've got dun as well. How do you do that? It crossways. That's probably right. an easier sound to get.
0: <laughs> For me.
1: <laughs> I'm determined to make him make a sound today. Just let l- l- too too stiff. Too stiff. Yeah, just relax it. Relax it all. Let it go floppy. Okay. And then just no, floppy. And then use your hand. There you go. Look. See what happens?
0: Oh, I can get used to this. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: you have muted sounds that you make on ear. Did di-get da da So Fantastic. basically the phonetic language of Tabla can be spoken between two tabla players on a bus without the aid of a tabla.
0: Right. So you just use the
1: phonetic language,
0: the the spoken word. Yeah.
1: And then basically your fingers, um, the the lines on your fingers become your metronome. And there's sixteen. One, two, three, four. So counting from the bottom line of your pinky to the middle one being number two, to the top line being number three, and the very top where your nails sits, number four. So. Four on each finger, sixteen beats. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. And your thumb is the counter, and that becomes right. your metronome. Or you can go straight across. One, two, three, four, and then one and two and three and four and one and two and three. So basically, between when you're learning tabla, one thing you have to understand: between one and two, we have sixty-four beats.
0: Right. So what? So
1: you know, you you've got like. Uh, you've got you've got the one and then you've got two. Then you can have one and two. You can also have one, E and a two. Yeah. And then you it kinda of goes on okay, from faster and faster So it goes faster. faster and faster. So between one and two in Tabla there's sixty four. Can you show us that on the drums? Um yeah, if you want. So it's just a speed thing basically. So you've got um let's say whole cycle, right? That's a whole loop.
0: immigrant families came here that it was largely looking for work uh, work,
1: yeah and the prospects of of a better life more wages and better education for the kids ultimately but you know my history goes back to like the 1900s the time of the Raj in India
0: the Empire Your history does, your family history does. Yeah, so my granddad,
1: granddad, when he was born, it was under the the British flag, and he was given Empire passports, British Empire passports, British ones. Right. So... uh, So Where where did he live? In India, Punjab. Right. And then, basically, he got married in India, and then they left. The reason they left is because the Empire then took over East Africa. He worked yep. on the railway and um, he was um, one of the, the, the main guys that did the overhauling of locomotives. So anyway, my whole family were born in Kenya. Their first language as they grew up was Punjabi at home, Swahili at school and English. They went to British schools and um, my dad, he married out there, mum was from Mombasa. my dad was from Nairobi. And, um, yeah, my whole family, we are all Kenya. So basically, here's the thing. People with turbans like this, with pleats down one side and slight pointy, they're from Kenya. Oh, is that right? Is a distinctive if you see, turban? If you see Sikhs with round turbans, like you did in the temple there, they're from India.
0: Ah, I didn't know that. Big That's difference. A... And, and what brought your family to the UK? Well, in 1967,
1: A real nasty piece of work called Idi Amin came into power in Uganda and he basically said everyone with a British passport, get out of my country or I'm going to kill you. And because Uganda was a neighboring country to Kenya, they started hearing over the wireless that it was happening over the border. As soon as my grandparents heard that that was happening, they left and came straight to England. Um, And once again, because my granddad, he was, um, you know, he was a skilled engineer. He came here and started working for um, one of the steel works in Leeds. So he settled there because, you know, the steel industry was massive up there, you know. So yeah, um, and my granddad fought for the British in the Second World War. He was a rifle engineer.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So you were born in Leeds? i'm a yorkshireman yeah nice to meet another
0: Yorkshireman. (laughs) fantastic (laughs) pleasure yeah and then when i was two years old they moved down to london and to this part of the world southall Mm -hmm.
1: yeah not too far from here hounslow yeah and the thing about my grandad working in that um the bristol archives they got in touch with me it's only about four or five years ago and they said we're doing an exhibition and the exhibition's called um, oh, Empire Through the Lens, that's what it's called. And they had a whole archive of photographs of the British Empire from India to Africa to like all, absolutely all over. And they said, We need to select you as an artist to pick one photograph. Really? Of like, I'm talking a few hundred thousand photos. Oh, my goodness, how did you make the choice? It was difficult at first, and I, ultimately I was looking for. Indian Instruments, I was looking for a, a drum, you know, for, and I did find a couple. But the one that really struck a chord, I'm going to show it to you now, because I keep it in... You've got it on your phone? Yeah, I've got it on my phone. Um, the one that really struck a chord was this one here. And the reason it did is because of the story I've just told you of my granddad.
0: So I'll let you describe it. Oh, wow, this is a, it's a locomotive being built, isn't it? It's a big steam engine being built and it's hanging uh from a crane uh above a team of men who are working on the wheels uh, down at the bottom and is that by any chance your granddad it's not but it's he did the same job as my granddad right yeah. so it, that it, would it be unusual if it was it would right be extraordinary <laughs> <Like laughs> like in your granddad a few hundred
1: thousand photographs and then finding him but this is it this is the very workshop that he worked in
0: wow in um, in nairobi So that is part of your story in a way that that this this was a part of my hereditary
1: past my nomadic past yeah Yeah. if you like yeah yeah and here just at the bottom is the the details of my name and my granddad's name and everything it's all so
0: that's the caption from the exhibition from the exhibition and so your story was told in the exhibition yes it was Oh, oh wonderful yeah that's amazing yeah it's incredible so, your, your family story and your heritage must be hugely important to you. It's important to,
1: yeah, to me in the sense that what I, what I took from, from that and what I turned into and how I actually shaped my life, I thought I was quite unique. Only until I got into my sort of late teens, fighting the NF in Hounslow. National Front? Yes, the National Front, yeah um who was a movement that didn't want to
0: see any of this they and they used to could stage marches through this area didn't through they? the other side of south protest or? against uh, yeah. immigration and the uh, community setting itself and there up was here. a fair few riots as well right and yeah. so did you pick you know did you use your fists did you um, w- was it a violent resistance that you were putting up or was it, it was yeah yeah it was, i can't i can't lie <laughs> it no. was definitely violent yeah and yeah. it must have been, the, the, the atmosphere must have been really tense and, and, and dangerous. It was, and a lot of people moved out
1: of Southall because they didn't want to get involved in all of that. That movement, it it wasn't only in Southall, but you know, even in Hounslow Bus Garage, there'd be like gangs of boys skinheads in those green jackets and ripped jeans I, i'll never forget it because their image is just so and dr martin boots that image will stick with me for the rest of my life because that's you know and that was a sign of like i was looking at a pack of wolves dogs you know it was like that until two of them came along and then me and a few other indian chaps we um, we decided to pick on them for a change and see how they liked it until one of them got away, ended up running into a pub, 20 of them came out. Oh my goodness. And we ran, and there was only like four of us. You were in fear of your but life. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And we got a good kick in, we got a good hiding. Um, but one of those chaps that was with me, his name's Bobby Friction, who's now a Radio One DJ. I know him very <laughs> well,
0: yeah, <laughs> I know Bobby Friction. Yeah. So it there
1: was, there was quite, you know, and it was quite funny because you know, from that movement, I kind of, you know, we all listened to Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan at home, and at schools
0: we'd listen to like Duran Duran and Led Zeppelin and, you know, it's just. I'm just interested in how you felt as somebody who was born in the UK, yeah. brought up here, British as you come, finding these people coming to your area of town and trying to throw you out and and threatening you with violence, you know, what what did that make you feel? Um, Very confused to start with, because um,
1: even growing up, even in schools, when I'd have fights, I'd I'd hear constantly go back to your own country. It was only until later when I got a little bit of education of, because they don't teach you about the empire in schools. They don't tell you about British history like that. They tell you about kings and queens and about stuff here, but they do not tell you the truth. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. Um, and the truth was that they came to our country first. <laughs> and they raped all of those countries. That they, and even though my granddad even built helped build the railway um, and help them overhauling the, as you've heard. What they were actually doing was building a railway so they could rape the land of its minerals and all its gold and I mean that diamond, Kohinoor, the one that's in the coronation crown, that massive diamond is it belongs to India. So the interesting thing about all of that is, is It plays with your head, doesn't it? It does play you with know, your head, because I was told go back to your own country but
0: But that's I was
1: this what, yeah that was li- And then even growing up the question is where where do you come from? And i go well come from i was born in leeds so, here uk but where did your parents come from and i go oh they're from kenya and that no, really like, confused people that's not the answer that they were looking for and they go what about your grandparents and i go oh well, they came from india
0: i knew you were going to say that <laughs> <laughs> eventually they get back there because of the they way get you look yes exactly
1: yeah. so they make the assumption and then they just kind of go oh that's what he that's what he does that's He plays an Indian instrument. He must come from there.
0: Bravo! That's amazing. Thank you. Um, you're a round of applause from the people in the shot too. <laughs> that, that's amazing. I mean, presumably, it's not an instrument you always play on your own. I mean, you would normally be playing with other instruments around you, would you? Yeah, so basically with the Draw Foundation,
1: um, I started out teaching people, and it was a school. We ended up with like 400, 500 drummers. <laughs> Wow. at one stage with 14
0: different institutes. And you've, you, and you've done appearances at folk festivals as the Doll Foundation, and, yeah. Um, and so, and do, what do you do? Take uh, twenty drummers with you, or on occasions, uh, yeah. <laughs> right, that must be some sound. Yeah. And are they all playing the doll drums? They are all playing a doll drum, yeah. Wow, you you could hear that some fields away, couldn't you? You could hear it, you know. It's, oh yes. It's county away, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's the atmosphere so, like on
1: stage when you're doing that? Oh, it's electric. It really is. So uh, with that many drummers playing in unison, it's just like. Uh, you can, feel, you can feel the rhythm going through you. It's just a wall of drums and a wall of sound of these incredible instruments playing out rhythms that you just can't help but move to. <laughs> you know? That's basically what it is, infectious rhythms that people just want to dance to all the time.
0: And how does so, it go down at a folk festival when you've got, you know, normally you've got the the singer with the guitar, you know, comes, or somebody with a fiddle or a bit of a squeeze box or something like that. How does it go down when you turn up with 20 of your mates yeah, and, it's interesting. and you start to feel the vibrations in your stomach?
1: One year at Cambridge Folk, I heard someone in the, in the backstage saying, well, it's not exactly folk, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and what's your re- response to that? Well, I, I kind of just laughed, really, and I went, no, not really, it isn't. Is <laughs> that what they mean by folk. I think, it's, yeah, it's their interpretation of, I think they were expecting British folk music. Yeah. But they obviously hadn't heard of the Imagine Village back then. So, Well,
0: then let's talk about the Imagine Village, because the Imagine Village was a project put together by Simon Emerson, wasn't it? And yeah. it brought together English folk musicians like Martin Carthy, Eliza Carthy, Chris Wood, uh, Billy Bragg was involved, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, yeah. No, Jackie Oates at one time, I think, yeah. uh, sang with it. With... Um, musicians from a uh, South Asian background. Yes. Um, was myself, Shima, uh, Andy Gangadin, and um,
1: Simon Richmond, who's on keyboards, um, Ali Friend, who's playing
0: bass. Yeah, it was And just the repertoire real... was English songs, yeah, by and large. Just, yeah, But English with these music, extraordinary. Yeah instrumentation oh my god I learned so much being in that band about the traditions of English folk music the sound that you created was like nothing I'd ever heard before because here were it was repertoire here were songs that I kind of knew yes but with these added resonances from uh, you know the, the doll drums well I mean and, and, yeah cold Hailey rainy That's it's yes. like
1: one of my all-time favorites uh, from that to my head my feet are like two lumps of lead i'm stuck out here half drenched off dead from standing under your window
0: at the Cambridge Folk Festival who said, looked at you and, and your drummers and said, that's not folk. What <laughs> was the message? Well, you know, this tradition can go in a number of different ways, and it can embrace people who've arrived in this country, you know, more recently than 1843. Yes, <laughs> Do you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. It can embrace people with different musical sensibilities.
1: Well, I mean, how, how did folk get a label itself? It must have started somewhere. It started from someone singing songs, basically it started from someone picking up an instrument and then deciding that this is going to be a part of the
0: folk category and of course the guitar wasn't really a, a, an acoustic guitar wasn't really a, it wasn't an english folk instrument a cittern, a, a bazooki yeah.
1: <laughs> all of these instruments a banjo um all of these instruments weren't traditionally uh, a folk instrument but they became a part of it as as the music grew as the stories grew and I think the music had to grow naturally with the stories and the accompanying instruments gave it another added sort of different flavor I'm still fascinated just even watching show of hands just watching miranda on on the base just going how is she doing that it's incredible and you've done uh, a gig with show of hands of course oh, yeah, uh, recently yeah. didn't oh, you oh i love uh steve's just he's just amazing i love him to bits he's just incredible uh,
0: steve knightley of, of, of show of hands of course being on, on folk yes. on foot uh on the podcast and uh it's an old friend of the podcast in fact and uh so he, he wrote a song, I think, inspired by you, called Mother Tongue. Yes, Tell basically. us about that.
1: I had an idea for, for a song that I didn't know how to put out, because I'm not a songwriter, but it was just, a, I thought, a fabulous idea. Um, Brexit was quite current then, um, and lots of people were thinking of just leaving England altogether. But basically, I approached Steve, and we'd been threatening to work together for about six years. And I said, I've got an idea for you if you want to have a listen. The song goes like this in the first verse he says if i leave you would you forgive me and then in the next verse he says when i'm away from you would you think about me and in the third verse he says if i come back to you would you recognize my face and ultimately you think that he's talking about a woman and it's not he's actually talking about his country. And then when I said that to Steve, he went, oh my God. And I said, but you know, it's all about people living in a different land. And so Mother Tongue was born after that. So I made a track just by doing that. I made a whole song. It was called, originally it was called Guinness. (laughs) Why? From the Guinness advert, you know, with the horses going, and the left field track, doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom. So I just kind of thought, this will make a really good track, so I called it Guinness. A friend of mine came in, he's an amazing Pekarvaj player, that big instrument over there, and he'd done a prayer on the start of it, and I went, what are you doing that for? And he goes, why? It's called a Ganesh Paran, Ganesh being the the god that used to play that instrument. <laughs> Ganesh is the elephant god, and he used that was his instrument, the pakavaj. And he goes, "That's the instrument that Ganesh played." Our god. I was like, "Okay, there's a problem." He goes, "What's that?" I said, "Well, you just turn this track in into a religious track." He goes, "Why?" I goes, it's called Guinness. <laughs>
0: he goes, well, you have to change
1: the name. I
0: went, I went, right, OK. So so we called it Ganesh. And what about your musical journey? Because you've talked about growing up on Led Zeppelin. What was kind of a, Oh, you've got the Led Zeppelin T-shirt on underneath. Underneath yeah. there, you've got the Robert Plant T-shirt. So, do you and then you ended up... By the way, we should say, you ended up working with him, didn't you? <laughs> The man you so, idolized as a as a teenager. In
1: nineteen ninety seven while I was with my band Transglobal Underground, we ended up touring with Led Zeppelin around the Mediterranean. <laughs> and I befriended
0: Robert Plant. That must have been like a dream come true, was it? Oh absolutely, yeah. But I was quite blasé. Was he, he blase like, about it all? Well, just, well obviously you'd gotta be cool, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah. But totally. was he was he as you'd expected when you got to know him? I mean oh, he was at uh, first I was like
1: oh my god, you're Robert and he would like he just put me straight down and said, I'm a human being.
0: Stop it, Johnny. And I was like, Okay, I'll stop now. So I just wanted to tease out the other influences on your musical journey then. So you you're listening to Led Zeppelin as a teenager and you're taking up the drums. When did you get your first drum?
1: Oh, um, so my first drum was from my savings and I was about thirteen, thirteen years old. Big doll drum.
0: So So, so you took up the doll drum, you taught yourself. Yeah. What did, you, what did your mum and dad think about it? They thought I was a complete idiot. <laughs> did they? Yeah. What, what did they want for your future? They wanted me to be a doctor or
1: an accountant or a solicitor or something of that sort. And so did you have arguments with them? Um, I was a rebel, yeah. A real rebel, because my passion and everything was in, in the music, and it had started at age seven without them realizing, because they thought I'd learn the tabla and then play it in a Sikh temple. <laughs> but that it didn't wasn't go, your idea. That wasn't, yeah, and I took it to a different level altogether, yeah. to the point where I started touring at the age of sort of like four. When I mean touring, I was like doing wedding gigs at fourteen with a with a Bangra band playing tabla,
0: <laughs> and how, so, uh, was there a moment when they became reconciled to the idea that this was going to be your career this is going to be your life
1: when I started doing some serious tours in 1989 <laughs> and I was doing what age were you then um I was 21 right and I was doing gigs abroad
0: did they come that. and see you play yeah,
1: yeah, now they do, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it was, you know, the thing about Asian community is when my dad used to go to the temple, everyone would kind of, like, you know, dig in the knife and say, oh, my son's just got a degree and my son's just done this and now he's doing architecture or whatever. And, and your dad, dad would say, be, well, my dad's
0: uh, doing it with my son's he, doing a bit of drumming. Yeah,
1: he'd be, It yeah, exactly he doesn't quite cut the same <laughs> until I appeared on TV. And everyone about approached my dad and went, I saw him on telly, really good. And then this became a regular occurrence, you see. So um, after some royal events, we opened for the Commonwealth service at Westminster Abbey. That was good. And Amazing then they, occasion. The, it was just a really epic one, that one. <laughs> yeah. We did a drumming piece that I put together from one of my previous albums called um, Drummer's Real. And the start of it starts with the zoom, like this one hit on the drums. And then there's like, and I did that on purpose because I wanted people to feel the, the uh, ambience of, of Westminster Abbey.
0: we going now johnny
1: across there oh, is yeah. the old old south hall and you see that building the white building there was the original tudor rose which was a dance hall and a, there was a lot of west indian people that used to come here and do their like dub plates and reggae nights and purple haze and smoke lots of funny cigarettes (laughs) when you could smoke indoors we are going now from the old Southall which is where we were to the newer part of Southall when I mean new I mean like as Southall expanded and became bigger the original High Street turned into Southall Broadway and um, we're going there and what sort of a place is that oh you're gonna see nothing but jewelry food and clothes Right. <laughs> and one music
0: shop in the middle of it all. <laughs> <laughs> so we might fetch up in the food, I think and we might th- fetch up in the music shop. Yes. Rings, bangles, bags hanging from the ceiling, with decorated with sequins and pearls. And the whole shop is shimmering. And these, these are such vibrant colors, aren't they? They're quite beautiful, bright pink and uh, a sort of aubergine color, and then a bright green and, and gold. So much gold. So this is a huge store with some beautiful jewelry.
1: Thank you. So these are all like the real deal. None of this is costume jewelry. Amazing. Completely different from
0: the other side. This is all real. So these are gold bangles. Yes,
1: yeah, 22 carat mm. gold.
0: 110
1: mm.
0: grams of My 22 carat.
1: Yeah.
0: But they're beautifully worked. Yeah it's, all they, ha- yeah, it's all
1: hand hand done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have a feel. mm, feels it's got a wait. Yeah. This is it's eight thousand two hundred and fifty. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, eight grand. Eight grand. Eight thousand <laughs> two hundred and fifty. Oh my goodness. Isn't that fantastic. Isn't that amazing? Well, thank you so much for letting us come in. Thank you. Thank you, you Marat.
1: Oh so now you you're wonderful. smelling the barbecue and the food and like, you know. Um, we're, I'm getting more hungry. I'm getting hungry too. Yeah, good, good. We're going to a nice place. Oh, I've got to show you how they make jalebis. Jalebis are quite amazing things. What's a jalebi? A jalebi is one of these. Look. So it's a batter that's fried, and then it's dipped in that sugar syrup right there. Once it oh, comes my out, goodness, watch. There it goes, and it takes on all the flavour and they push it down. It sucks all that sugar syrup in and they come out like that. My mouth is watering. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Come on, let's go in. No politeness with this. Finger food. You eat it on the street. This is how you do it. I'm gonna demonstrate. They've all got the holes already done. You basically pick up your chickpeas with this brown sauce, Is tamarind. And you put it in there like it's sold, so. So a sort of pastry case. Like that much. And then you get one of these, which is the spice water. And in the spice water, is this thing called black salt and black salt is sulfur it's volcanic salt um, you'll be able to smell a little bit in there amongst the spices oh yeah that smells really good yeah it's an amazing it's an amazing i love black salt and you basically fill that half and it goes straight down the hatch no bite don't bite it because it'll just dribble all down here. <laughs>
0: Mm. I love the expression on your face. You look like a man enjoying his food. I'll do one for you. Okay, thank you. You put the chickpeas into the little case. A bit of potato. Get that
1: in there. There we go. Right, you ready? Yeah. And this is the the juice. And we only fill half because otherwise... It goes everywhere. ...containing it. of water. And straight and straight in. Yeah.
0: Mm. 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 That is wonderful Dave. Did you the ask? explosion of the different spices and all comes into your mouth. Isn't that amazing? It's delicious and it's very refreshing actually. It is quite refreshing, yeah. yeah. So we're back on the street we're back on the street now yeah. and um, where are we go
1: after that hearty meal
0: I know exactly so, I was thinking maybe you know I'd sit down and uh, a slight snooze might be in order but <laughs> <laughs> that'll be back at the
1: temple now but, yeah. Not, but um yeah we're just going to walk like a few doors down and then um, this music shop was basically um it started out on top of another shop so it's a rented space
0: on top of another shop so it's basically jewellery shop, restaurant, jewellery shop, restaurant, jewellery shop, jewelry shop, jewellery shop, shop, sweet shop.
1: Sweet shop. And then another jewellery shop.
0: And then a music shop.
1: And then music shop further down. Right.
0: Yeah. And and you know the people in here? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> For years.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Very Hello. Very, Hello. Hello. Yeah. How are you? Very good. Yeah, yeah, very good.
0: Carry on. I'll speak to you in a minute.
1: So we're here, and this is uh, the famous jazz musicals in South of Broadway,
0: and the place is absolutely crammed with musical instruments here. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's coming in to try harmonium. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a bit of the mail order being packed and sent out. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, lots of drums behind the counter. A drum. Tablas, doll drums, mm-hmm. sitars over this side. Yeah. Absolutely. And guitars and guitars as well and, and violins there. up there. Yeah. Violins, yeah. I just love the the potential in a musical instrument shop. You know, when you're in here you just think of all the sounds, all the music that, that is going to come one day out of all these instruments, yeah. Yeah, just absolutely. it's really inspiring, isn't it? And then, then you feel that sense of complete inadequacy, if you're me, when you think, well, I wish I could play one of them. Um, what have you got there? This is called an ikdara, but um, I'm just trying to...
1: Oh, here we go. So, so it's, it's, it's got, got one string. string? It's got one string. That's what
0: ikdara means. Look, even you could play it, yeah. So See, I'm already a virtuoso on that one. <laughs> well, that was a great sound, is not it? I
1: like, I like
0: the the effect that it creates.
1: The effect. Yeah. That's है ठीक है That's है ठीक है ठीक है ठीक it.
0: instrument? It's called Gopi-chan. Gopi-chan, yeah. Gopi-chan, yes. We wondered if you would mind if Johnny would play some drums for us. Would oh, you, yeah. Would you, would you mind?
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, Johnny can play any drum.
0: Oh, that's very kind. Yeah. Of I don't want to it. disturb anyone else. If you're No, no, uh-huh. please that's go funny. ahead. Uh, I'll look
1: forward to hearing drums. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you just popped in for a harmonium?
1: <laughs> yes, I have actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's a
0: beautiful yeah. instrument. Yeah,
1: they're all beautiful in here. It's
0: so nice. What are you going to play, Johnny? Yeah. One's yeah. up there. I thought I'd, um,
1: I'd pick a nice one out. Oh, it's slightly
0: precarious coming down there. <laughs> this one's got the strap as well, Johnny. It has, yeah. What are you saying? I'm you just know. wondering whether you, <laughs> you strap it on. What do you think? Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'm not used to this length. No, um, maybe it's a bit on this. It's like playing uh, with a low slung guitar, you don't want it down.
1: Yeah, it's. um, Yeah, low slung guitar, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you don't want it down, down there,
1: do you? Yeah, down there. Um, whereas this one, you have to adjust your arm positioning if it's too long. So, right, it's a bit weird. But basically, what happens is subconsciously you get um, the blueprint of your own drum and then. You don't have to look for, it's, it's quite like hard like you're adjusting playing keys, to... not, not, you know where the keys are. Yes. Where the ebony's and ivory's <laughs> Yes. So it's almost the same with the drum, whereas my, my gauge is probably about here. A bit shorter? Yeah, yeah, it's about here, and this is two inches longer. So you have
0: to adapt your style? I have to, yeah. I'll give it a go. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> That's got some volume. Yeah, this is nice. I like this one.
0: threading its way through our conversation all day has been this issue of identity and belonging and where you fit and what kind of music means what to whom and all of that. Do you you have an answer now about, you know, what kind of music you make and what kind of music you think of as folk music?
1: Yeah, I think I do, yeah,
0: actually. I've learned a lot about folk music playing with
1: obviously for the likes of afro Celts and Imagine Village. With the Door Foundation, I never considered ourselves to be folk of like British folk music, but
0: now more so, more so.
1: Much better actually,
0: <laughs> we're folk. <laughs> We've had an amazing time. Yeah, it's been Johnny. great. Uh, it's been thank great. you so much for showing us You're this so area, welcome. for telling us your stories yeah. and playing your instruments for us. Just been amazing. Thank, thank you me. so much. Thanks for having me. Johnny Kelsey in Southall. We have filmed some of the performances that Johnny did here in Southall, and we're going to put them in our Folk on Foot on Film archive. If you want to get access to that, all you have to do is sign up to become a Folk on Foot hero. You make a small monthly contribution, which goes back into making more episodes of Folk on Foot. And then you get access to this glorious archive of more than a hundred songs and performances filmed on our travels around the United Kingdom. So if you want to do that, please sign up at folkonfoot.com and click on the Support Us button. We love making Focon Foot and we can only do it thanks to your support.